Thank you for tuning in to the Reclamation Church Podcast. My name is John. I serve as the youth director here at Reclamation Church in Plano, Texas. And before we begin our discussions episode with worship pastor PJ Southern, I wanted to extend an invite to join me in a moment of silence. In 1 John chapter 3, verse 18, it says, Brothers and sisters, let us not merely say that we love each other. Let us also show it in our actions. And we hear at Reclamation Church, believe in loving everyone where they are, like Jesus.
Well, thank you so much for participating in our moment of silence. I am joined here for our discussions episode with PJ Southard. PJ, how are you doing? I'm good, John. How are you? I'm doing pretty good. Doing pretty good. So, PJ, we are discussing uh, Tom's sermon from Sunday titled The Faith to Share. And the thing I enjoy the most about it, well, first off, before we get into that, before we get into what he talked about in his sermon, how are you doing since we last checked in yeah, on you? Uh, we're doing good. Um, just, I mean, kind of like everyone else, just waiting for things to get back to normal. I mean, we love going out and doing things. And so thankfully recently in Texas, things have been opening up and we were in Oklahoma for a weekend and we were able to go do stuff. I mean, wearing masks and stuff like that, trying to be safe and social distance and all that kind of stuff, but still trying to get to some sense of normalcy with life. And so, I mean, we're both, we're both doing okay. Rachel's still working from home full time. So I'm kind of bouncing back and forth between the church and at home, but for the most part at home. And so we'll see how it goes, but for right now we're doing all right. How is uh, Rachel doing with her job? I, I know there was a, a, po- a time where um, she was in the office when mm-hmm. everything happened. Yeah. Is she able to continue her work at home? Yeah, so for the first few weeks, I mean, first couple of weeks of March, it seemed like everyone was getting sent home to work from home except for Rachel and the team she worked with. Mm-hmm. Um, but then after about a week or so, they sent her home with all of her computer stuff. And uh, excuse me, and she's been able to work from home pretty much every day since then. And it, she got a call a while ago from work that says, hey, we've been doing good with everyone working at home. We're not going to rush getting everyone back. We're just going to keep doing this until we feel like it's the right time. And so she's been able to work from home this whole time, and it looks like that's going to be continuing until it's 100% safe to actually go back to work. So, awesome. Yeah. Well, that's that's really great. Not not a lot of people get to do that. Yeah, and so it's, it's, she's very blessed with the workplace that she has. So That's awesome. Yeah. So we, this Sunday, are back in the building. Mm-hmm. You and I have both been here. On Monday for our staff meeting, it looked completely different yes. than what it normally is. Mm-hmm. You and I were at the cool table <laughs> for our meeting. Um, because for those of you, our listeners that don't know, uh, we met at the building, but we are still um, making safety a priority for our staff here. And so we had three round tables uh, spread apart six feet in our uh, kids clubhouse area. And we sat two to a table, and uh, yeah, me and PJ were the cool, were the cool, the cool table. Um, but we are going, we are going to be here on Sunday, um, and we're going to be streaming from the church on Sunday. Uh, what does what what have you seen preparation look like for for this Sunday? Are you excited about being back in the building and doing service? Yeah. Yeah, so I'm excited for some things, and I'll miss a few things from how we were doing it. But I'm excited to be back with the whole worship team. I mean, the past couple, I mean, the past two months we've been doing just uh, videos only, and I'll record myself playing acoustic, and I'll send it to whoever's singing. They'll send me videos of them singing, and I'll put it all together, and that's that's it. And so we didn't really get as musicians. It's nice to be able to play with other people as well. And so this Sunday will be the first time in two and a half months that I'll actually be playing with other musicians. And I know they're super excited to come back this Sunday and play. And so we'll have a full band on a stage at the church. And uh, it's cool because we have three cameras that we're going to kind of rotate back and forth. So it's going to look a little more professional than it normally would, which is cool. I'm super excited for that. 
but it's still going to be a little weird because there's not going to be anyone else in the room. So I'm going to have to lead in front of a camera to a camera, knowing there's people watching live on the other side, which is super difficult to do. Like it doesn't sound hard, but then you actually do it. It's because you don't really, you take, you don't really take into consideration how much the people in the room, uh, like there's like a, a how bounce, you feed off of yeah, them. Yeah, exactly. How you feed off of them. And so it's like, you don't get that interaction now. Mm. And so you kind of just got to mimic that reaction that you would normally have. And so it's going to be a little difficult, but I'm super excited to be back in the building with the full worship team. And so I'm, I'm looking forward to it. Yeah. Well, I, I know I'm going to be in there doing the transitions, the, mm-hmm. the communion and also the closing this Sunday. And so I'll make sure to like bring a, a lighter and put it in the air <laughs> and wave it as you guys are yeah, definitely. just to kind of help with the reaction and everything. Just kind of make everything a little bit better. <laughs> um, yeah, I agree with you. It is a completely different ball game than it was yep. when we were at home. You know, I spent the last two, it doesn't even feel like two months. I feel like we lost this year, honestly. But oh, yeah. <laughs> um, I, I had to reformat exactly what youth ministry is going to oh, look yeah. like. Yep. And it has just been so, so crazy. Yeah, it kind of feels like I don't actually know how to do my job now. I agree. We were doing our job for so long and then we stopped doing it the way we've always been doing it. Yeah. And we did it differently for two and a half months. And when I, when I heard we were going to have our first staff meeting back in the building and start doing services live, I was like, do I even know how to do that anymore? <laughs> I got, I got nervous and I'm still kind of nervous and hopefully by Sunday those nerves will pass and we'll be all right. But it's been a little strange. It almost feels like I have to relearn everything. Oh, I 100% agree with that. Yeah. I left work on Monday at like five and I felt that those eight hours and I didn't even, I mean, I, you're at home and you're in this whole, you know, you're working from home and you feel busy. Mm -hmm. And, um, in some cases you and I were doing more than what we would be doing working in the building because, you know, you're editing videos. I started this podcast Mm -hmm. and I was doing a lot of, uh, tick and uh like instagram live ministry and posting videos and editing those and so in a lot of ways it felt like we were doing more work mm-hmm. but then we get here <laughs> and i leave on monday and i'm exhausted yep. yeah like i think it was the first time in a long time that i went to bed before like 11 p.m really. <laughs> which is like <laughs> it takes a lot for me yeah that's one thing that i should have planned for when all of this started cuz like i looked at the obvious positive things that were coming from being able to work from home. And so I slept in a little later. I stayed up a little later because like that hour of having to get ready is non-existent now. Mm -hmm. So I get that extra hour of sleep and I'm staying up later. And then Sunday mornings where I would normally be waking up at 5 a.m. on for a normal Sunday, I didn't have to wake up early at all. I just Mm -hmm. had to wake up to watch the service. And so this Sunday, I'm pretty sure I might sleep through my first alarm. So I'm going to have to set a couple (laughs) because it's going to be tough to wake up that early again after two months of not doing it. Yeah, you're definitely going to be leaning on that one monster that you drink oh, yeah, a week. Oh, yeah, for sure, yep. <laughs> for those of our <laughs> listeners that don't know this, I, <laughs> PJ does not drink any caffeine whatsoever. I learned that the first week I started working here. He doesn't drink any caffeine. I mean, I drink like occasional sodas, but it's not nearly like, I yeah. don't drink coffee. Coffee yeah. is out. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and <laughs> And for our listeners... Every Sunday morning, uh, we usually have to get to the church around 8 a.m. I think, PJ, you get here a little bit earlier than that, right? A little before that, but yeah, close to (laughs) So every Sunday where PJ spends the entire week not drinking any caffeine, he manages to get the biggest, (laughs) 
like size of Monster Energy drinks yeah. that is legally allowed to be served to the to the public. Yeah. And he has it with him on stage without fail every Sunday every morning leading Sunday. Mike mic check yep. and so honestly i'm a little excited to see that those monsters return oh yeah there's <laughs> a trash can in the worship closet full of empty cans that i just it's like a collection now <laughs> they're just all sitting in there maybe monster is listening maybe we can get them to sponsor oh, yeah, right. our worship team <laughs> have like a monster fridge <laughs> in the in the worship center and it's just like just for pj oh yeah oh that's crazy well get getting into um uh, what Tom talked about on Sunday, um, he, the title of the sermon was called A Faith to Share, um, but the beauty of the sermon was it was really focused on forgiveness. Mm-hmm. And this whole series, uh, we, we talked to Tom last week, and if for our listeners who haven't listened to the episode, I would very much encourage you to go back and listen to that episode because it is amazing. It is a really good combo that me and Tom have about what letting go, like the purpose of the series is. And I really enjoyed the fact that he touched on forgiving God in his sermon. And um, before we get a ton of emails, by saying forgiving God, it's not implying that God is sinning against you. Mm-hmm. Um, it's more or less like coming to terms with what has happened, something that God has allowed yep. to happen. And so, um, PJ, you know, especially in in worship ministry and, you know, your um, testimony and everything, where have you seen this kind of play out in your life where you've had to not, you know, not ask God to repent to you, but to kind of forgive God for allowing something that was bad that happened in your life happen and, you know, kind of walk us through what that looked like in your life and, you know, how you asked God to get to carry you through that. Yeah. So I'll just go way back to an example that I can think of on the spot. So uh, my biological father was in our lives maybe for a year when I was a kid. Um, Don't remember him. If you showed me a picture, I probably couldn't even recognize him. But uh, I think there was a part of me for the, the following years I'd always wondered, like, why would God allow my mom to go through this single mom, three kids, having to deal with all that by herself, all under the age of five, all three of us. And so it was like, why, how could God allow this to happen? Mm -hmm. And then a few years later, my mom met my stepdad. And then I realized like, oh, this is what it was about. And my mom married this man, his name is Willie. And he has been married to my mom, gosh, somewhere between 15 and 20 years now. And wow, yeah, and he, I mean, I call him dad. He is my dad. And Mm -hmm. when I turned 18, I was able to change my last name to his last name. And he wasn't able to adopt me because of some issues with my biological father. And so I was able to change my last name so that I can recognize, like, he is my dad. He may not have been the, like, my biological father, but he is the guy who raised me, who taught me everything I know. And he he is my my father. And so Mm -hmm. I think that's, to go to your question, it's like, why could God allow something like that to happen against my mom and our family. Mm. It was just so that a door can open later that was just so much better than what I could have even imagined. Because at the time, of course, my mom and my, my brother and my sister and me were thinking like, oh, it's just going to be the four of us and my mom's going to be working two jobs, struggling her whole life. But then a door opens, stepdad walks in, and he's there forever. And so I think hopefully that answers your question. Oh, no, yeah, that was, so that was perfect. It was, I had to like, okay, God, this is what you were doing. 
I got mad at you and thought you were doing something wrong, but really I was just impatient and I should have just been more patient. And so that hopefully goes with mm. your question. So your like last name isn't really Southern? My, uh, it is now, and my wife's is Southern as well now, but before it was Surletic, mm. which is kind of a weird name. And it's, I don't even think it's maybe Hungarian or something like that, but uh, it was tough. And I know Rachel was excited when we got married that my last name was Southern because <laughs> it's way easier to pronounce. Yeah. <laughs> Wow, that is, and I, I had no idea yep. that you had had gone through that. That mm-hmm. is, that is really, it's. It, I mean, it's in, it's incredible. Like just the strength, the courage, and the determination it takes to mm-hmm. to walk in those steps. Oh, yeah. I'm reading this book right now, and the listeners, you guys have probably heard me talk about this a lot. It's by Russell Moore. It's called Storm Tossed Family, and it is incredible. But one of the things that he says, I think, in the second chapter is he talks about how family is not ultimate in the kingdom of God. And when I say that, I, I, I don't mean that God does not prioritize family or God does not think family is important. He does. He does. He definitely does. Um, but family, especially on earth, is geared to point us towards the kingdom of God. And like one of the cool things he talked about was like how the father's role in a family is to merely just be a representation of what God can do in our lives. You know, the mother's to be a representation of what the church's role is in our lives, our brothers and sisters, whereas we don't get along with them really well all the time. (laughs) I know that for a fact. Um, We are supposed to learn from those relationships, how to coexist with our brothers and sisters in our church, in our community and especially you know this as well like our marriage is such a like pure example of just this new covenant that God has for us um that he has for him and his church and him and his his sons and daughters and it's just this uh it's incredible I, Erica and I are are getting married in July and we are so excited yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. we're so excited to like get to experience that and you, you and Rachel have been married for uh, two years, right? Uh, getting about a year and a half right now. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. That, and so you, you guys know, you yeah, guys know. It is, it's super exciting. Yeah. It's, I mean, our wedding day was not perfect, of course, but man, it was, it's easily one of the greatest days ever. And mm. it's such an exciting time. So I'm super pumped for y'all. Thank you. Yeah. Um, but yeah. And, and, and like, especially like family is sometimes the hardest people to forgive Yeah, because, and this is highlighted in the book as well is that they know so much about you. Yeah. Whether you don't have a really strong relationship with uh, some of them, like they know what makes you tick. They know mm-hmm. your identity. They know your inheritance. Those are the things the enemy is after. Um, and, oh man, that is just, that's so cool that you were able to be courageous in those moments and, and come to that understanding. I'm actually having to learn that now, you know, that the family that I grew up with as a child, um, is important mm-hmm. and will always be important to yes. my upbringing. But once July 12th hits, Erica becomes my family yes. and becomes my partner and my priority yep. in life. And so I just think that's so crazy. You yep. know, like the Bible verse, uh, I think it's in Proverbs, where it says a son leaves his, his mother and father and, and clings to his wife. Yep. Like that has never been more apparent, especially in marriage. So yeah, that's crazy. 
that's a big topic in premarital counseling is like the leave and cleave thing where it's like you are now two people who have families that are becoming one and becoming each other. And so it's like they are the most important person moving forward. And I mean, Rachel and I have had to to figure that out because our families are both super important to us and, but they're very different. So Mm. trying to navigate like our marriage and our families at the same time, it's difficult not to scare you away from it or anything, (laughs) but it's a, it's something you're going to have to deal with, but you and Erica are great together and I think it's going to be great for you all. So thank you. Well, maybe not anymore. You scared me, so I'm not going to do it anymore. No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Erica, if you're listening, or if Erica's parents are listening, I'm staying. Um, so, yeah, so family is, is hard to forgive. Yeah. You know, they are the closest to us. They are really hard. I mean, I, I mean, th- yeah, they're, they're hard to forgive. And, yeah. and God is hard to forgive, too. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just that recognition. I, I, for me, in, in my life, one of those moments was when I, um, my mother got diagnosed with thyroid cancer. I was like a sophomore in high school and it was like, it was really hard, mm-hmm. you know, and it, um, it brought up a lot of questions for me. Yeah. I was very angry at God. I was like, okay, why would you give my mom cancer? You know, she served in the church for so long. She was, um, working at the daycare at the church where I grew up, my, my family's church in Oak Cliff. And she, was leading worship and helping my dad with the like youth ministry there, but also like helping start a college ministry for them there too. And like, she's this incredible strong woman that's grown up in the church. Like why on, why on earth would you give her cancer of everything? Like, and it was just a question that I had to face for a long time. It was something that's like really big in my testimony too, was like learning to understand that there are multiple wills at play on earth. And, um, John Mark Comer calls it like the lower G gods that, um, become idols in our lives, like money and, Mm -hmm. um, adultery, you know, stuff like that. Yeah. You know, and, and, and God's heart for us and, and will for us is to cling to him and be close to him but that doesn't mean that bad things are not going to happen you know i think that's like the big takeaway in christianity is like just because you accept jesus in your heart doesn't mean bad things are going to stop happening if anybody tells you that they're trying to sell you a book yeah like (laughs) yeah um and so that that one was was a really big thing for me to kind of learn and develop and understand i mean like as a young believer you you think that you're like untouchable Mm. But it's it's true. Like bad things are still going to happen, and we have to learn to let it go. Yeah. You know, Tom also said something, and I love this that he said. This was that forgiving is not forgetting. Yeah. And I just want to ask you, like, what 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 do you what do you think about when you when you hear that? Yeah. So when I actually heard him say that on Sunday morning, I was kind of taken back because I I really didn't get it because I was like. I feel like those two things go hand in hand. And as he talked about it more, I started to realize like, okay, he's not saying like, cause the way I was thinking it was a very like 2d level, not really going too much in depth into it. And I was like, okay, so I could still know like, so this person hurt me, this thing happened, but I am not mad at them and I'm not going to hold anything against them because that happened. But I'm also not going to forget 
did that happen? To give you an example, um, my brother, uh, he was moving from one apartment to another and he had two dogs mm -hmm. and he asked if I could take one because his new apartment couldn't have two dogs. And I mean, he was married, had two kids and it was just too much for him to handle at the new apartment. And so Rachel and I decided we'd adopt this other dog and we got the dog and he's great and we love him. And the first Sunday we have him, I went to the church early and Rachel calls me and says, Hey, he just threw up on the floor and there was blood. What? What did we do? Whoa. Yeah. And I was like, uh, I don't know. And so I called my brother and I said, Hey, any idea why he'd do this? And then that's when he told me some of the things that had actually been going on with the dog. He didn't tell me that he had heartworm positive, that he was pancreatitis and that he had uh, hip dysplasia. I mean, he had some really, really bad diseases and viruses and stuff that, uh, it costs a lot of money to get fixed and to help our dog get better. And so I was furious. I was so mad at him. And uh, honestly, I think it took me about a year before I even text him just anything. I mean, wow. after all that, I mean, because it, it cost Rachel and I uh, upwards of a grand uh, and then a couple trips to Houston for some heartworm treatment and stuff like that. And it was just, it was just a tough season because we had just got this dog and it's like we had it for a week. And then all of this stuff just came down on us. Mm. So much of just a huge financial burden that we weren't prepared for. And I was furious at my brother for it. And uh, it took me a while to realize, like, okay, he didn't do this on purpose. Uh, he tried to tell us about the hip dysplasia stuff, but he wasn't aware of the other things. And so uh, I didn't forget that those things happened. Those things will always have happened. I can't change the past, and he can't change the past either. But I love my brother. And I forgave him for that, and we talk regularly now. And so it's, I don't know if that's a great example, but it's, it's, it's tough to just forget something that's mm. happened that burned you. Yeah. But it's important that even through that, you forgive someone who wronged you in that situation. So Yeah, I want, I want to talk about that last part real quick. Sure. You know, coming, coming to the understanding yeah. of, of what is happening. Because, you know, a lot of the times when we're going through these situations where somebody's hurting us, um, we feel a sense of pride and yeah. we feel a sense of, of pain as well. Yeah. Um, and obviously like we are not at the same emotional level in the beginning of that situation mm -hmm. than we are at the end when we're coming to terms with yeah. what is going on yeah. and understanding the, 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 um, other party's perspective and what was going on in their world. How, how, what would you say to a, a, our list, a listener right now that's listening and is going through a time where they feel un, unfairly like treated yeah. and they are searching for a way to forgive that person without letting that person think that they got away with it. You know what yeah. I mean? Yeah, I think it's important that as someone who has gone through a situation like that, it's important to take a step back and recognize that every issue is a 50-50 thing. There are always two sides to an issue like this. So there's the person who was burned and then the person who did the burn. So in our situation, I was my brother and I, I was the one who was burned and my brother was the one who burned me in that situation. I had to take a step back and realize like, okay, maybe... There was a reason he didn't say something. Maybe he really just didn't know about these other two diseases. Because he did tell us about the hip dysplasia thing, but not the other two. But that's probably because he didn't know that they were a thing. And so I think in the moment when something negative happens towards us, we, we get really defensive and we want to try to push the blame on somebody else. 
And there's no one really to push to blame on this first on this situation. And so I think it's important just to take a step back and realize like, okay, what were their intentions? And then how did I take it incorrectly? So then you have to just look at both sides and realize like, okay, they weren't trying to do something wrong to me. I took it that way because I chose to take it that way. And so it's important yeah. to just take a step back and look at it from both sides. Yeah, there's this book I read um, called Emotional Intelligence. I forgot, I forget who the author is, but one thing I really took away from it, and I think this is kind of what you're speaking to, is that when you're analyzing a situation, you need to analyze the feelings that you're having mm -hmm. and understand that there are no such thing as good feelings and bad feelings in response to a situation mm -hmm. because we are responding naturally to that situation. The thing is to understand um, the feelings that you're feeling in um, comparison to the other person's feelings as yeah. well. What is that person thinking of the situation also, mm -hmm. you know? Um, and that's, uh, that's exactly what I was asking you. That's, that was perfect. Thank oh. you. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I think a lot of us lose that. Yeah. Um, and I think a lot of us lose that right now and just our, in the time that we're that we're in, like media wise, mm -hmm. you know, it's very, very easy to uh jump the gun. Yeah. You know. Um yep. it's very easy to get angry fast and, and and let passion be the um thing that drives us. Yeah. You know. And and Jesus was passionate and Jesus was forgiving. I mean there there are times where Jesus let passion kind of navigate what he did you know I'm, I'm, i think of uh the um i can't think of the exact scripture which is a church fail i guess um <laughs> it's the it's a scene in which jesus is walking towards the temple and they're selling stuff and trading goods and everything and jesus just like flips the table yep. and he's like yo this is not what this is about yeah. like you this is not what the church is yeah. like and so there, there are moments of this, of, of this, of, G, of a Jesus like this, you know, yeah. I feel like, and this is, I feel like this is almost a controversial statement. I feel like it is easier for us as modern day believers to pick and choose the things that we believe about Jesus yep. and create our own Jesus yep. based on those things. Agreed. Um, but we need to understand that Jesus were all of these things, you know, like Jesus's contemporaries, yeah. you know what I mean? Um, but yeah, like, Forgiveness is hard. Yes. It, it's so hard. Very difficult. It, it's, I mean, some people are easier than, easier at it than others, but like, it is a hard thing to do. So one last thing before we wrap up, um, Tom talked about how for, for uh, forgiveness does not mean forgetting, but then he also talked about forgiveness not being natural or fair. And where a lot of people would take this um, in the opposite direction. He quoted this verse in Psalms. And I'm just going to read it to for our listeners right there, right here. It's in Psalms 103, um, verses 10 through 12. It's from the, the NLT version. It says, NLT translation, geez. <laughs> it says, God does not punish us for all our sins. He does not deal, with, he does not deal harshly with us as we deserve. For his unfailing love towards those who fear him is as great as the height of the heavens above the earth. He has removed our sins as from us as the east is. I mean, he has removed our sins as far from us as the east is from the west. 
And so, I I mean, I, I, I agree with that. I mean, yeah. forgiveness is not natural. It's also not fair, like, contextually. Yeah. Um, what What do you think about just that verse yeah. and just that statement? Yeah, I thought that was a really great uh, thing that Tom said on Sunday, is this, we're, we were glad that it's not fair, because if it was fair, we would get the punishment of our sins. Mm. Like, that is what is fair, because yeah. if we did those sins, we deserve that punishment. But God wipes that away. And so that that's unfair, but it's it's good. And yeah. so I think that I mean that's just a super basic understanding of it, but we're I'm grateful that forgiveness is not fair in that situation. Yeah, and so this week, like just walking away from everything and wa- and walking from walking away from Tom's sermon on Sunday, I think the the big takeaways for us as believers is understanding that forgiveness is not easy mm-hmm. especially when it's with the people we are close to or god <laughs> um and also the forgiveness that god gives us is not fair either mm-hmm. you know what i mean like yeah. but in like a like a like in a good way it's not yeah. fair yeah. you know not like in a it's not fair god yeah you know it's it's an it's a good not fair yes it's it's a graceful not fair it's a merciful yeah. not fair uh well Thank you so much for joining me yeah. uh, this week, PJ. I, I really enjoyed talking to you about everything. And oh, yeah, I appreciate you having me on here. I can't wait to have you on here more in the next coming weeks. Thank you so much. For more information on Reclamation Church, please visit our website at re.church. You can find us on Facebook and Instagram at re dot church plano join us on sunday as we stream live from our church building and continue our series titled let it go have a great rest of your week stay safe wash your hands and we'll see you on monday